0: Welcome to The Eury First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. Do you find yourself facing fear and anxiety? It seems that around every corner is another issue screaming for our attention and telling us that the worst is yet to come. Today, Pastor Don Fisher is here to share a word about how we can face a world that's chaotic and out of control. Where do we place our trust? Where can we find peace? And how do we overcome that fear? That's what Pastor Don will be sharing with us today. So let's get started. Here's Pastor Don.
1: If I were to ask you a question today, would you rather spend your time on a cruise ship or a battleship? Yeah, yeah, most of us would pick the cruise ship. Why? Because on a cruise ship, you have everything at your disposal. You have accommodations. Uh, you have people to prepare your smorgasbord. You have people to clean your cabin. You have people to set up the deck chairs uh, by the swimming pool. Um, you, just, you, you just have everything there that you need, and there's really a, not a lot of strain and stress. But if you spend time on a battleship, you have to be battle ready. You have to be prepared. You have to be alert. Uh, you have to be 24 7 ready because you never know when the enemy is going to surface or is going to throw an attack at you. There's a big difference between spending time on a cruise ship and on a battleship. And yet, at the same time, Paul, in writing into a, to the church at Ephesus, he gives them an entire chapter that indicates and lets you and I know that we are in a warfare. We're in a spiritual warfare. And and maybe if you're here today, you say, well, Pastor Don, I'm kind of neutral. There is no such thing as neutral. Jesus said, either you're for me or you're against me. And so when Paul is writing this, here's what he says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not, important to catch this, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil (coughs) in the heavenly realms." There are things going on in the unseen world that probably would blow our mind if we could see it. But what we have to understand today is this. Christian warfare consists of a spiritual strategy fought with supernatural weapons against an unseen enemy. The opposition is real but visible to the naked eye. Beneath the surface... An invisible battle is raging. And we're not fighting with bullets. We're not fighting with guns and weapons, but by putting on the whole armor of God. It's the only way we can be ready to face this life's battle. So if we don't fight against flesh and blood, then who are we warring against? Some are still confused on that. Some think that we are actually battling the Democrats or the Republicans, or Dr. Fauci, or the governor, or the president. Paul says, no, 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 no. He said, the opponents that you need to be concerned about is Satan and his schemes, the rulers, the authorities, and powers of this dark world, and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This morning, I want to take us through some situations that we have either experienced or we've been exposed to in the last couple of years. I want us to look at those, and then I want to end with what I believe are three solutions that will help us go through these situations. Now, you and I have to understand, let's just be, let's be honest here. There are some things that we have no control over. My title of my message was, When Life Seems Out of Control. There are some things that we have no control over, such as, you know if you live in Erie, we have no control over the weather. We can get winter, spring, summer, fall all in one day. We have no control over that. We have no control over the price of gas or the price of food or the interest rates that are going up. We have no control over accidents except those who are self, that are self-imposed. You shouldn't have climbed that high on the ladder. You should have had a safety net. Something should have happened. But, but outside of those, we have no control over those. We have no control over aging. Sorry, folks, we all getting older. You can live in denial all you want, <laughs> but we're all getting older. We have no control over death. The first three months of this year, I conducted 11 funerals in three months' time. No control over that. We have no control over the past, it's gone. We have no control over the future, it hasn't come yet. And we have no control over other people's minds. That we have to understand. We cannot control what other people think and what is going through other people's minds. So, if we can't control the situations and we can't control the things in the world, we seem to have no control over that, what can we have control over? There is one thing that we can control, and that is ourselves. You see, one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. It's probably one of the hardest ones to activate or to walk out. But self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. And perhaps there have been times in your conversations where you've heard people say, you'll ask them, so so how are you doing today? And they say, well, you know, considering the situation I'm in, I'm not doing very well." And you have a conversation and someone says, so, so how's today going? And they say, well, it's been a rough week because I've had some situations come in my life that is really, I mean, anxiety has come, fear has come, depression has come, stress has come, all as a result of the situations that I face then perhaps there are times where you have conversations with people and they just say, you know, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Well, here's the thing. Let me let you in on a little secret. It's not the situation that brings you stress and anxiety and depression. It's your psychological reaction to the situation that brings the anxiety, the stress, and the depression. Now, some of you don't want to hear that. You know why? Because it's just taken away your excuse. It has just eliminated your excuse or your reason as to why you're having anxiety and stress and depression. But God has given us self-control. And we understand that as we have this opportunity, we can control. The Bible is filled with verses that lets us know that we can control. So, so we don't have to deal with this. Now, here's the situations. And I'll be just I, I, haven't, I haven't listed them in order of importance uh, I, as a priority, but let me share with you what we have experienced. Over the last couple of years. Obviously, the pandemic, big stressor. The Me Too movement, Black Lives Matter, counterculture, critical race theory, the war between Russia and Ukraine. You add to that the loss of spouses. Our family members, personal health issues, natural catastrophes, a shaky economy, Roe versus Wade, and now the latest crisis in our country is lack of formula for our babies. You put all that together, and certainly it could give you the feeling That our world is out of control. But if you read through Scripture and you read Matthew chapter 24, there's a lot of other places in there, but Matthew chapter 24, Jesus very very clearly is telling His disciples because they're asking, well, when is the end of the age? When's the end of time? And He tells them all of these things that are happening. And sometimes we read over that and we we miss this little statement that he makes. He says, these things must happen. No choice, no option. They must happen. And he goes through this whole list, and then he says, but that is not the end of time. Those are birth pains. And all of you mothers in here, you understand birth pains. You understand contractions, and you understand that they intensify before that birth. Now, we men, we're clueless. We hear you moaning and groaning in the other room. We run in and say, honey, what's going on? You say, oh, I think my contractions have started. And and we say, well, hey, if you need me, I'm going to be in the family room watching the game. (laughs) Yeah, guys, that's us stepping up to the plate. But we understand that birth pains are are intensifying. Now, I'm, I'm I'm not going out on a limb here. I feel confident in what I'm saying. I wish I could stand here and tell you that it won't be long before everything is going to be back to normal like it was before the pandemic. But friends, I'm saying to you, that will never happen. And if you're sitting here waiting for that, You're wasting your time because if you read through Scripture, if you read Ezekiel, Daniel, Revelation, you read all of the prophetic history and you say, well, you know, I don't want to mess with that. Do you realize that almost 30% of the Bible is about prophecy and it's connected with Israel? And so what we're saying, if we don't want to read it or understand it, it, we're saying that I'm going to take 30% of the Bible and rip it out and throw it away because I just don't want to know anything. I think it is imperative that Jesus wants us to know what's going on. That's why he uses words like, look up. That's why he, he uses sayings like, I am coming for those who are looking for my appearing. And so if we are of a nature of taking the ostrich approach and burying our head in the sand and saying, I believe God is in control and I'm just going to isolate and bury myself in the sand because God is in control. I said it in the first service. I'm going to say it again. That is irresponsible. As a Christian, that is irresponsible because I believe that Jesus wants us to have a sense of where we are in the world and what's happening because how else do we know how to pray? How can our prayers be direct and spot on if we don't understand what's happening? So here we are and all of these things that are going on and it causes us to pause and say, with everything, Pastor Don, that you just said that's happened in the last couple of years, What in the world is going on? Now, I'm going to to share something with you that maybe, maybe many of us are not aware of, and I asked this in the first service. How many have ever heard the word globalist? A few. Okay, great. Proud of you. You need to understand what globalist is. You say, well, I don't want to mess with that. Google Google is your friend. Globalist is a group of power players who have the influence and the money and the leverage. They meet at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland every year. They put together plans. They have an agenda. You can find it on their website. By the year 2030, these are the achievements that they're going to make by the year 2030. You say, was this just an overnight phenomenon? No. The World Economic Forum has been in operation since 1971. It's just taken these things to get our attention and to wake us up as to what's going on. But here's what's happening. They do not believe in the sovereignty of nations or borders. Their belief is that our world should just be one big blob, no borders. You don't cross over from this nation to that nation. We're just all one big blob. And basically what they're saying is, the world is broken, and we're going to fix it. You see, they want to play God because they don't believe in God. And this has been happening for years and years and years, but it forms a tremendous influence. That's why when I go back to what Paul said, against rulers and authorities, powers of darkness, spiritual forces in the heavenly realms, there are things going on that you and I do not even understand that's influencing where we are in our world today. Now, my next comment is in no way judging, criticizing, critiquing, taking sides. I only share this with you to make a point and maybe to help us understand a little bit about influence. Dr. Anthony Fauci. I don't want any yays, nays, boos, hisses, uh, hurrahs. That's not what I'm after. Listen closely to what I'm saying. Here is a man that no one campaigned for. He never petitioned. He was unelected with unchecked power. One of the highest paid officials in our country. Basically, he operated as an extra constitutional figure. There was no place or position for him. It was created, he was put there, and he functioned there. And yet, one man became a major influencer on how we can breathe and where we can travel, and how do our children get educated, and the assembling of churches and family gatherings, and vaccines, and boosters, and masks, and social distancing. Our entire country was influenced by one man. Now, you say, well, Pastor Don, what's... uh, No, no, I'm not going the opposite extreme. I'm not saying doing away. We need to be safe. We've always needed that. We need these things in place. But I cannot tell you the number of people that have been influenced by this one man. So let me go back just a moment before we move on. When I talked about the assembling of churches, we would hear this quite often. And I I didn't say it in the first service. I apologize, but I'm going to say it now. I am so thankful that we have a pastor, and Pastor Nicole, that has navigated us through these last two-plus years. She has done a fantastic job. And believe me, I'm a part... And when I say inner circle, not a part of the brain trust, I'm a part of the inner circle that knows some of the reactions and some of the comments and some of the things that come to her because we did do this or we didn't do that. And it's been so hard for her but she has done a great job leading us through this. But we have heard from various sources that you really ought to only assemble when it's safe. Now think with me for a moment. Let's go back to the first century church. They were being persecuted. They were being killed. They had to disband They had to meet secretly, and yet the Bible says that the church grew daily. Go to our friends in China, the underground church which is exponentially growing by the day, and ask them, friends, do you only meet when it's safe Go to Iran where there is a great revival among the believers. People are coming to Jesus Christ every day. God is doing some fantastic things. But go to our friends in Iran and ask them, do you only meet when it's safe? Folks, sometimes if we wait till it's safe, it'll never happen. And I believe that we have to be aware And the reason that I'm pointing out influencers is staying in line with Ephesians chapter 6, that there are things going on in the heavenlies that you and I know nothing about. But sometimes we reap the results of that. And then lastly, uh, but not least, is all the protesting that's going on in our country. You and I would like to think that all of these protesters, hundreds of thousands of them, are all people who are genuinely concerned about their issue, whatever it may be. And some of them are. But fact check it. There are professional protesters that are getting paid big money to congregate and assimilate and incite and gather and and head these protests up And the monies are coming from deep pockets, but they're influencers. After all, you can't help if you see 500,000 people congregate, something has to be happening. But friends, I'm saying to you, when we ask what in the world is going on, we don't really understand what in the world is going on. That's the situation. And we have to guard against this because our world is being conditioned to depend on the government. And by fear, not allowing you to think for yourself, the government will see to it that you're healthy. Just trust them. Just trust them. The biggest tool that Satan uses is deception, he is the father of lies. And you and I, as children of God, as born-again believers, we have to be aware. We have to know what we're warring against. So, what is the solution? Don, what is the solution for all of this? Well, I have three steps that I believe that will help us maintain control, and I wish I could tell you... As I said in the first service, I wish I could tell you that God gave me these three steps while I was on a three-day fast in the desert, sitting beside a burning bush with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, and he just rained it down on me. But the truth is, Barbara and I were playing a game of five crowns at our dining room table. And we were talking about the sermon. I hadn't really started putting it together yet. And these three things came to me. Trust the Bible over the Babel. Let peace overcome panic. And use faith to overcome fear. So I hurried up and and tore a uh, a sheet off of our score sheet, and I said, i got to write this down. I just wrote it down. I brought it to the office with me, and this is what I have today. But I believe that God gave it to me to share with you, to help us to understand that we can exercise self-control and we have to get rid, we have to, we have to get rid of the excuse and the lie that it, are, it is situations that's causing our fear and our anxiety and our stress and our depression. No, it's psychologically how we react to that situation. Before I move on, very quickly, I'll just, I, I'm just throwing this out here. If you don't believe that, you take two people, put the same parachute on them, put them in the same plane, and have them jump at the same time. You'll have one person going, oh, wow, this is beautiful. And that next person going, oh, my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm not going to... What? Same situation. Everything identical. But it's the psychological reaction to the situation that makes a difference. So, number one, trust the Bible over the Babel. I wondered why God gave me the word Babel still until I started researching a little bit. And it made sense because Babel means to talk rapidly and foolishly in an excited or incomprehensive way. And then I got to thinking over the last couple of years how much babble I've listened to. (laughs) No reason, no sense, no facts, just babble. So I researched it a little bit further, and I found out that there was a writer by the name of James Joyce. In fact, he wrote the book, The Cat and the Devil. And he said in this fictional book, he said that Satan's native language is Belzebub. It's a fictional language that he makes up as he goes along. That's not so far-fetched. It's a pun on the word Belzebub and on the word Babel. So here's what I was getting from this, that most of us have probably heard more babble than Bible in the last two years. Most of us very well could have listened to more babble than time spent reading the Bible in the last two years. And I think that's why God impressed on me. Tell them, trust the Bible and not the Babel. Number two, actually the verse that ties in with this, Psalm 56, Be merciful to me, O my God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long, and in their pride many are attacking me. When I am afraid... When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, and I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Trust the Bible and not the Babel. Secondly, let peace overcome panic. John 14, 25, all this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And here are the words. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and, and it's not an option. It's a command, he says. And do not be afraid. Because Jesus says, I'm going to give you my peace. Now, this, was, this happened just hours before he was to be crucified. He used these words to build peace into his followers. So, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible And I think it's important for us to have that into our hearts, into our spirits, because peace will always overcome panic. And the third solution, use faith to overcome fear. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. I don't know how else to interpret these three solutions aside from Believing that God is saying to you and I today, life may seem out of control, and the world may be out of control, but God is saying, I am in control. You see, God is already, we we don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. God has already been to the end. He's already been there and back, and He's walking us to the end. And he's trying to encourage us, get rid of the babble, get rid of the panic, get rid of the fear. And hopefully, but God help us if we're in a condition where I'm going to hang on to that fear and that anxiety and that depression because that's become my identity. That's become my identity. That's that's the only person I know who I am is to have this fear and anxiety and stress and depression manifesting in my life. That's all I know, and if I let go of that, I don't know what else to do. I believe God can set us free from that because He wants us to be walking in victory. He wants us to be more than overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of His testimony. So, what can I leave with you today as a message of hope And this is what I leave with you. When you allow Jesus to be your shepherd, he steps into this stressed out culture and becomes your guide. He leads you, watches over you, and gives you rest. Jesus gives you purpose. He shows you how to deal with your enemies so they don't tear you apart inside. Jesus gives you a hope and a future. And He'll restore your soul. He'll give you goodness and love for today and for tomorrow and for every day, the rest of your life. And Jesus will even give you an eternity with Him in heaven. Amen. Amen. Stand with me this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank You today for this opportunity to share Your Word we thank you that you've opened our minds and our hearts. We thank you that you've opened our eyes to understand that we're not denying reality, that life does seem out of control and this world does seem out of control. But Father, we're thankful. We're so thankful when, when you gave us your word that you told us in this world we're going to have tribulation. But then you say, be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. So, Father, we pray today that we will begin to trust the Bible and not the babble. We are thankful that we will let peace overtake panic and fear will overtake, and faith will overtake fear. And, Father, I pray that you will just gird us up and let us be totally in your armor today as we walk with you. And, Father, we give you thanks today in your name. Amen and amen. God bless you and have a great day.
0: Thank you for listening to the Erie First podcast. We'd love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can follow Erie First on Facebook or Instagram or visit eriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.